happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I am very excited to kick off You Can't Ban Queer Joy on Woke AF. As you know, if you've been listening to the show for a few years now, that we do our best to bring you some of the most important voices, conversations, issues that are affecting the LGBTQ plus community during the month of Pride. Uh, We take Pride very seriously on Woke AF and We're working in collaboration with our friends at GLAAD in order to bring you some of the best guests and really dig into the issues as well as the joy, folks. You know, it is a really hard balance that we are walking these days with trying to remain hopeful and joyful and stand in faith about our ability to continue to march forward with progress, given everything that is being thrown at our democracy, at our ability to persevere um, when there are unrelenting forces that want nothing to do than erase us, oppress us, and drown us out with hate. And so, you know, in these conversations, I think that it's really important for us to look at what solutions look like, which is why I'm really excited to bring you this conversation today with Lauren Baer, Uh, who is the executive director of ARENA, an organization that we've brought to you before on Woke AF, whose work is to convene, train, and support the next generation of candidates and campaign staff. And what does that look like, right? In this climate, Lauren and I talk about the ways in which the challenges, I guess, and the ways in which the campaign staff and just folks in general who want to get involved in politics are having to weigh their personal safety, the safety of their family versus their commitment to public service and wanting to do good. And what does that look like? What does it look like to train people in this climate when we've had conversations on Woke AF 
about Democratic offices being shot at or staff being beat up, all of which we have covered. There is a heightened uh, sense of fear and anxiety and a rise in political violence. And so all of that, right, is to deter good people from wanting to get involved in their communities and for us to all feel like we are helpless. But, you know, the purpose of ARENA is really to give people the support, uh, the network, and the skill set to be able to not only run, but to be able to win. And for those people who are interested in what it means to run a campaign, what it means to be a campaign staffer, ARENA is a one-stop shop for all of that information as well. And in my conversation today with Lauren, you know, she also comes to it from a queer lens as a queer woman who is married with two children and will share with us the fears that she has for her own children and why this work that she is doing is so incredibly important and personal, how the politics have become personal for her now that she is a mother and a wife. And what does it mean? right at a time when you can't really look at your children and think, you know, your future is going to be bright. And so what is the work that each and every single one of us are doing to ensure that the next generation is better off than the last generation? And right now, that's not how it looks, folks, not by a long shot and not by the statistics. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation that I get into with Lauren Baer from ARENA. And that if you are interested in connecting with them, we will put that in the show notes as well. Coming up next, my conversation with Lauren Bear. Folks, I am very excited to welcome back to Woke AF Daily, Lauren Bear, who is the managing partner of ARENA, a progressive organization that trains and supports diverse Democratic campaign operatives and helps provide a critical staff for competitive races up and down the ballot across the country. Um, Lauren, let's jump right in. First, um, you know, every election, whether it is uh, state, local or national, what we are seeing uh, outside of the U.S. Senate, of course, is uh, a progressive slate of candidates um, is also candidates that actually look like the areas that they are serving. We're seeing people, um, women, people of color, queer people, those that live at the intersections of multiple identities enter into politics because they actually want to make a difference and they want they want to stop waiting um, for other people to save them. I, I want to open, you know, with the first question with regard to what are you hearing and seeing with regard to what is motivating people, whether it is to run for elected office or the, the trainings that you do for operatives to say, you know what, all is not lost and I want to go all in. Uh, well, first of all, Danielle, thank you so much uh, for having me back. Love to uh, be here on Woke AF. Um, and I think you're right. We are seeing more and more diverse individuals running for office. 
and more and more diverse people working on campaigns. And in the first instance, I think part of why we're seeing that is because we we realize as progressives and as a party um, that when we run people for office and when we build campaign teams that look like the communities they're going to represent, they're more effective. They win more often um, because people want to see themselves reflected uh, in their leaders. And there is so much that is bringing people into the arena today. Um, You just need to look uh, around the country from the federal level down to the state level. And this really awful spate of negative uh, and harmful legislation that's coming from Republicans, coming from the GOP, and whether it's limiting the rights of the LGBTQ community and particularly trans people, or whether it's limiting women's reproductive freedom or standing by idly in the face of gun violence, um, people are pretty frustrated with what a grim and bleak uh, future that kind of governing presents uh, for America. Um, But while they're frustrated, um, they haven't given up hope. There isn't a lack of optimism. And, you know, one of the most interesting and hopeful things for me is how all of these terrible things that are happening are actually driving people and particularly new voices to enter the political arena to say that we can do better. And in fact, we must do better if we want to fulfill the, the kind of broad promises on which our our country was founded, this notion truly of having liberty, justice, equality for all people. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, to live and die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I feel like you have so many different kinds of buckets of people, but there are some that when they are faced with a considerable amount of obstacles, that they look for the opportunities in them, that they say, you know what, maybe as things are falling apart, right, that there is an opportunity to grow something better because there are always going to be those people that we need to hold on to that authentic, real, raw hopefulness and faith, right? Um, I, you know, I, I'm not a religious person, but I am a person that does believe that you have to have some type of faith and hopefulness in order to enter into the arena of politics, particularly now. Like there just has to be something that is greater than yourself that is driving you because there are so many other things, <clears throat> excuse me, that are working against you. And so when we see on one hand, you have a political party that is hell-bent on erasure, that is hell-bent on white grievance, um, that is hell-bent on coddling uh, white uh, anxiety, and that at the other side of that is to make sure that you are punishing as many people that you believe is causing the harm. So there is a there is a significant push and pull that is happening right now. It's not the same as it was before, I'm assuming, but you tell me in how you are training operatives to deal with how to manage campaigns. Because I, I, I don't know about you, Lauren, but I keep seeing stories about attacks that are happening, whether it be um, physical attacks, shootings that are occurring at political offices, um, but there is heightened political violence. And so how do you train in a way that is different now than it was, say, seven, eight, you know, pre-Trump time when our politics hadn't been hijacked by, you know, domestic terrorists? Yeah, you mean you raise so many good points there, Danielle. And, and first of all, you're right. Uh, I think individuals are being confronted with this choice right now. Do I stand idly by where at a time when I am being attacked, when my community is being attacked, when there is this active effort at erasure? Or do I raise my hand and say very much so, I am, I'm here, I am present, I, I want to be counted, and I want to make change in, in my community. And we're seeing so many people do that. Um, but it is very much um, an act of bravery to mm. do so. Mm. Um, you know, at Arena, 
uh, we give individuals the hard skills that they need to run campaigns, to be organizers, but we're also very clear-eyed um, about what the risks are um, in, in this day and age to be involved in politics. And we train individuals how to protect themselves online uh, and offline, how to protect the communities uh, that they are working in. Um, it's, it's a sad fact um, that this is is a feature of politics yeah. these days, yep. and it's a feature it's a by design, yep. right? Mm-hmm. The the Republican motivation here is to attempt to to govern by fear and mm-hmm. to make uh, the other side to to make progressives feel so concerned for their physical and mental well being um, that they stay at home. And and what we're trying to do is teach individuals um, that despite these these very real and heavy burdens that we bury, carry when we enter the political arena, that there are ways to, to do the work, to keep yourself safe, um, and to better your community uh, at the same time that you're proving that these Republican tactics are ultimately ineffective um, at creating uh, this kind of bleak, dark picture uh, of America that that they want to. So it, it does involve um, <laughs> new tactics, new new curriculum, um, but at the same time, is very much uh, a motivator for people who who want to see something different right now. What are some of the biggest concerns that that you are hearing that come up in your trainings or in conversations, and and particularly what are what are the areas in which you do train? I want people to be reminded uh, of the areas that you do train because campaigns are a behemoth onto themselves, yeah. right? Um, and so for people to really understand the different apparatus um, that we're talking about here. Yeah. So first of all, I guess stepping back a minute, um, you know, ARENA exists to really expand and diversify who can enter politics. Uh, you know, again, we feel that our democracy is more effective when it's more reflective. And, and we bring folks in. You don't have to have any campaign experience to do one of our trainings. And we train folks along all of the different disciplines you might find work on in a campaign. So whether you want to be a campaign manager or work on fundraising or do communications or data or digital work or be out in the field knocking doors as an organizing director, we have uh, a training for, for you because we really want to bring the, the whole breadth uh, of people who are interested in entering politics to the work. And what's been really interesting to me over the, the past couple of weeks, when, whenever anyone applies to one of our training, and, and if you're interested, I would say we have an application open mm-hmm. right now. You can visit arena.run uh, and apply. Um, people have to talk about what's motivating them to, to get involved in campaign work, uh, You know, upload a brief video, write a short essay. And what's been amazing to me over the past year and change is how personal um, those statements of involvement have been. Uh, individuals who never saw a place for themselves in politics before, um, but maybe someone is trans and they live in a state where an anti-trans bill has passed. Um, or maybe it's, it's a young woman and they're concerned um, about their ability to have access 
to Mm -hmm. an abortion Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or someone who's lived in the suburbs and always felt safe and all of a sudden has been directly confronted by the scourge uh, of gun violence. Um, These are the stories that people are bringing to us. And what we're doing is providing really a, a soft landing place and an entry point into politics that they can take that motivation um, and then translate it into action. And, you know, even better than that, we don't just train folks. um, We then go and help them find uh, their first job uh, in politics. So uh, it's not just getting the skills. It's actually giving you an open door to doing the work. You know, I it's it's really interesting because when I entered into politics, what feels like 100 years ago, um, it was really out of a desire to want to be a part of the vision that would perfect this union. Mm -hmm. It was really about wanting to work, be in public service. Um, And I, I, there, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying that all uh, politicians come in to make things better. Clearly they do not. Um, And some come in purely as a grift. Um, How does arena go about, you know, one, you are a place where people can come who are already interested. Um, But what do you say to those people that are kind of skirting around the edges, right? Like, again, you know, folks that listen to Woke AF, I think, are very politically engaged, very politically active, but they're always looking for opportunities um, to help because they recognize the crisis right, that our democracy is in, that the country is in, in so many different ways. Um, and so for those people that are kind of sitting on the edges that are, are, are not quite ready to make the dive, what are some of the things that you would offer and say to them about, you know, fence sitting and, and deciding to actually enter into the arena? Well, I mean, the first thing I'll say is, is that there's a place for you. I think some of what has kept people so afraid of of entering the arena is the extent to which politics um, has been an old boys club for Mm -hmm. so long. It's been a place for straight, cisgendered white men where you had to know someone to know someone to feel like you could could get a job and make meaningful change. And so, you know, we're we're cracking that nut open at the same time we're building a community of like-minded people who rely on one another as they they do work. So, you know, it might be scary to take that first step. Um, and if you attend a training, it doesn't mean you necessarily need to change your whole career. At once, we have tons of wonderful people who come and train with us and then use that um, to become super volunteers uh, in the next election cycle or in all of the political battles that, frankly, we're fighting 365 days a year here in our country because democracy is really on the line. Um, But, you know, if someone's on the fence, what I think about is, um, you know, this is not a time historically to, to sit on the sidelines. Yep. Um, Yep. If you look at the American experiment, and it really is an experiment um, with democracy, it's it's anomalous in the context of world history. Um, democracies don't normally last this long. They are <laughs> fragile. Um, yeah. They break, yeah. And, yeah. and once they break and once they backslide, um, they're they're hard to get back. Um, and I I rarely rarely talk to an individual who has chosen to get engaged, who regrets 
having made that choice. Yes, change is difficult. Yes, it's hard. Sometimes it's incremental. Um, but if we really are going to build uh, that more perfect union mm-hmm. that that you just referenced, it's going to require all of us rolling up our sleeves, getting in, doing the work uh, together. And so, you know, what I would say is is brush aside fear for the moment uh, and, and jump in and, and try to make that change because it's a time when our, our country really needs all of us. You know, I, I, you said that so eloquently, and I, and I, and I think, honestly, that we have been lulled, and I've said this many times on this show, we've been lulled into a place of complacency around uh, what it means to hold a democracy. The assumption has always been for the last 200 plus years that this is the way it has been. We learn about empires falling, but we've actually never, outside of discussing it from a 50,000 foot view, we've actually never looked at the human toll of what happens when these empires actually fall, what it does look like to experience the crumbling in real time. And I say to people like, I believe that our democracy, as imperfect as it is, is worth fighting for. I believe that as imperfect as it is, that more people are conscious to the fact that this isn't something like your heartbeat that just kind of continues, like your breath that you don't really need to think about right? Like it is something that requires a heightened level of consciousness, vigilance, and then action in order for it to continue. Um, So all of the things that you said with regard to that are true. Now is not the time to be self-protective in a way of let me watch from the sidelines. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to shift gears for yep. with the couple of minutes that we have left to talk specifically around the LGBTQ community, yep. to talk about the the policies and the attacks yep. that we have seen against um, elected officials who are out, whether they are trans, whether they are lesbian, gay, um, or bisexual, the attacks that we've seen um, in the weaponization of policy. Yep. Um, and particularly speaking to the queer community uh, about their political engagement, you know, what message do you send in that way and about how, you know, equality is not something that is just given once and then it blossoms and it just continues. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of speak to that aspect of where we are. I think what you said is is so true there, Danielle. And as a member of of the queer community and as a, you know, as a queer woman who's married and has two young daughters, I, I think about this a lot. Um, my first daughter was born uh, two weeks before Donald Trump was elected president. And I remember at that time, my wife and I thought our daughter was being born into this beautiful moment in human history where she would know the first female president and where we would be at this time where her rights as an individual and our rights as a family would be expanding. And instead, much to my surprise and many in the country's surprise, instead it has been six and a half tumultuous years um, with quite a bit of contraction. And now I look at her and her younger sister, I have two daughters now, and I'm confronted with the stark reality that they actually have fewer rights than I did in some ways um, as a woman born in, in 1980, certainly when it comes to, to their reproductive freedom. And that when it comes to their ability to fully blossom and express themselves, whoever they may turn out to be, in our, our country right now, that's very much contingent upon what state they happen mm-hmm. to live in. We are mm-hmm. seeing unprecedented attacks on the LGBTQ community, particularly the trans community, and precisely because they are the most vulnerable um, among us. So, you know, this should be a, a wake up for all of us 
um, who consider ourselves part of the commun- queer community and anyone who is is an ally, um, that this is not time to sit idly by. This is a time to stand up, to be counted, and to fight. Um, and by the way, it's also a time to recognize that in some ways, this attack on the LGBTQ community is the canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have seen historically that it is often queer communities who are attacked and scapegoated first before that kind of evil and hatred and discrimination is extended um, to others. And so, um, you know, if you're sitting here listening to this and you think, well, that's happening to them, but it's not happening to me, the response that I have is you're next. And so it's really time for all of us um, to, to have this heightened awareness um, and do something about it. Because I just haven't given up hope on the idea um, that ultimately the world can be better for my daughters. Um, but I know I've got to put a lot into it to make that happen. Lauren, what does pride mean to you now, right? Like, what did it, and, and, and I ask you that because I think that, you know, my understanding of pride has really evolved um, over time. And I feel like it has changed depending on if the community that we're a part of is at a place of pure celebration, like it was in 2015 when when marriage equality became the law of the land, or it's in a place of mourning, right, which is happening in patchwork across the country right now, right? I, I had a conversation with, you know, with with folks from uh, from an LGBTQ organization in Florida. And I got off of that interview and I was in tears. Yeah. Like I, I literally I had to wrap it up so that I could get off the phone, could get off of the interview before I burst into tears with what they are going through. So I'm just curious as to what how you understand pride now and how it is how it might have shifted. So. I start understanding pride from a personal perspective, which is to say pride is about living authentically and unafraid as who you are, presenting your full self to the world, um, and not only living with that authenticity, um, but fighting every day um, to secure your, your own rights and freedoms. But then pride also has to go beyond the self. And I think particularly as members of the LGBTQ community, uh, we need to look at all of the letters uh, in that wonderful alphabet and recognize that that some among us are feeling disproportionate harms at this time. And so pride is, is about showing allyship. It's about making sure um, that if I'm a lesbian, I'm out there protesting for for my trans brothers and sisters um, because they're feeling the brunt of what is happening Mm -hmm. um, in our country right now. And then to take an even bigger step beyond that, it's about recognizing allyship with the other movements for rights and freedoms in our country. It's about recognizing that the fight for LGBTQ equality is inextricably linked um, to the fight for equality for Black people and people of color and religious minorities. And that while we feel 
um, the experiences of hate uh, and the impacts of it differently because we all uh, are differently situated. Um, there is a fundamental thread um, that ties what we are experiencing together, and that if we're going to preserve all of our rights and freedoms and perfect uh, our, our democracy and make a better future for all of us. Um, you know, we have got to be linking arms um, instead of raising our hands. And, yep. and so that, that is pride to me. It's, it's authenticity and action in a nutshell. I love it so much. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for making the time to join us on Woke AF. Please remind people how they can find Arena and how they can get involved. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. You can find Arena on all of the social media platforms at Arena Summit, and you can find us online at arena.run. Please join us for one of our many trainings this year um, because you have a spot in the arena and we're there to help you claim it. Appreciate you. That is it for me today, dear friends, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.